1: and my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 324, and tonight I'm in Palm Springs, but that doesn't mean the show won't go on, so tonight I'm allowing one of the Patreon-exclusive episodes of Damn You, Uncle Lewis, our Friday the 13th, the series retrospective podcast, Go public you're getting it for free tonight and the episode that we're going to talk about is one of its most infamous the one directed by david cronenberg faith healer but before we go a step further please allow me to introduce myself my name is patrick walsh and since 2010 i've been your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies but you're gonna have to see them through my very very gay little eyes this time we're talking about a tv show but you know what it's really super gay too maybe not this episode but you know what we find ways to make it gay If you don't know what I'm talking about, or if you need a refresher course on Friday the 13th the series, this episode, Faith Healer, is available on YouTube, and the link to watch it is right down there in the show notes. So, check out the episode on YouTube first, come back and give a listen, because we're all waiting to meet you at my very curious curio shop for another episode of Damn You Uncle Lewis! Oh, hello! Come in! Come in! Come in! Do come in out of the terrible weather! Oh, welcome! Welcome to my very curious curio shop. Although I hate to inform you the shop is closed for tonight because there's a... Well, it's a rather special evening. It's a monthly meeting of sorts. So unless you're here for the meeting, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. The nature of the meeting, you ask? Well... Let me put it to you this way. Sometimes Uncle Lewis does dreadful things. Welcome to Damn You, Uncle Lewis, the Friday the 13th the series retrospective podcast. So hello and welcome back, everyone, to the Very Curious Curio Shop. It's wonderful to see you. Oh, and happy holidays. Come in, come in, get out of the cold and grab some nog. No, it's not eggnog because mine is a vegetarian, so this-
0: Leave Nog Alone. Okay, I've been re-watching Deep Space Nine, Leave Nog Alone. I
1: was gonna say it's only just Nog because Maya's a vegetarian, so there's no exit, there, so it's just nog, and nobody knows what that is. But have some anyway, it's free. I'll it's take free. It. I'll take so it. hey, so everybody, welcome back. And here to also spread some holiday joy and some Friday the 13th of the series based snark are my two favorite shopkeeps and cohorts in crime, Maya Murphy and Trading. Hey Yay! everyone. I just want everyone to know that Maya's colored her hair red, so someone's got robeitis
2: for Christmas. (laughs) My Roby
0: is inflamed, it's true. But
2: it's not high, so she's just starting to take hold.
0: I have so much hair. Oh,
2: is
1: it? Or is is our headset holding it down? I don't know. I I don't
0: know. She takes her headset
2: off and the hair just goes boom and just springs up.
0: I assure you it will not. I wish it did. Uh, No, and I I got the queer floppy hair. It's pretty short.
2: If I could wish for one thing in the world, if I had a genie wish, I would want a a Roby Chia pet.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, but it's got to be like a tumbling vine. That cascade. <laughs> I know
2: the people that can make that happen. Okay, let's just make it happen. I know people.
1: Hamilton Alexander, I know you're out there. Make it happen. Please.
2: Oh, Pet. Okay. That would be amazing. It can happen. It can happen. You, you could grow your weed
1: on it. But anyway, this is the last time we're going to be laughing in this episode because this show, we are talking about the next Friday the 13th of the series episode, which is Faith Healer. And Trey, I think it's your turn. Okay. Trey. Tell me about what happens in this episode, Faith
2: Healer. We go into the past of Jack this time, and it's all about a man who's a faith healer on TV who has a glove, a glove that lets him cure the ill. And then it gets transformed to him, and he has to get it out of him before he dies.
1: Yes, 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 yes. yes. So would, if, would, would going into Jack's past be a Flash Oh,
3: And then, if if we
0: got breakfast, it would be a a flapjack. 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 (laughs) 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 Okay,
1: we're having fun now because this episode turned out to be a real. The the, the, the show grew up. We have to make our own fun this episode. We do for this episode. We really do. None of the things that we find comforting are in this episode no, there's no jack all. sense there's no america references there's america town references there's no there, well there is a jackscape but there's very little there's, like there's very little no, roby there's very little hair there's very little anything there's
0: no like ryan one liners there, there's no, no. awful mm-hmm. t-shirts no. like
1: no there's but no what quips. you got is a stream no streamlined mean little script yeah oh it's that tight yeah, it's very tight, and it gets into like some real like moral quandaries and stuff, and it's heavy. It's great. And it probably has something to do with the fact that it was directed by David Cronenberg. Cronenberg! Uh, if there's anybody out there who doesn't know who David Cronenberg is, cause what do you guys tell me? Who's David Cronenberg?
0: Uh, noted body horror director. Have you seen Jeff Goldblum's The Fly, perhaps? Hmm.
2: Noted Canadian? Mm-hmm.
0: Noted, Noted Canadian.
1: Canadian. And yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, yeah. I mean, he's he's crossed over to mainstream and doing yeah. great stuff like uh, the the history of violence and Eastern Promises. And
0: he's, in, he's yeah. in Star Trek now, isn't he?
2: Yes, he is. He's mm-hmm. very because,
0: good because because Cronenberg is in Star Trek, and then the um um Von is in uh Mandalorian. The Mandalorian.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and he's he, yeah, an actor. He was also
2: in uh oh ah uh, oh. Nightbreed with Ann Bobby. Hey. Hi Ann Bobby. <laughs> Hi. He, he was also We love Ann Bobby. also for yeah. a 13th reference he was in Jason X as was someone else in this cast. Yes.
0: Okay. I love Jason X. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's the love- matter with you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'll email you a list later. Okay. <laughs> I'm not the biggest okay. classic slasher fan and that's like my my uh, I real like it. I get I, it.
1: I get the nice. it. genre blend and it's good. To, see, that's one of my least favorite, but we're not they, my they already know that cuz we've covered that movie. But my my I was gonna say I'm gonna tip my hat to the screenwriter, but I'm not gonna do that. I am gonna just like bow and give like massive credit to screenwriter Christine Cornish. Yes. Because this script is solid and this is one of the only things she ever wrote. She wrote four things. Hmm. Like this, two really? TV shows and a short film. That's
2: it. Because looking up who wrote this, because I figured this wasn't done by the writers who'd done the other episodes. It just it was different.
1: It didn't sound like it. Oh, Mm-mm. I mean, right off the top, I just had to say right off the top, it is 11 minutes and two seconds before we see the main cast. Wow. Yeah. In a 47-minute TV show, that's an incredibly long time. That's how much they don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're barely in this. Except for Jack. Jack, who's been missing in two two episodes now, all of a sudden gets this wonderful episode to just shine.
0: Back with a vengeance. And it's really good. And I have specific notes about when I am enthralled with him in this one. It's so, so good.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh Uh-huh. Uh huh. I I just, I just said there he is. This is the guy I remember because like we've been making fun of him for so long. I'm like I still remember being so much better on the show, and I said there he is
2: as
0: a newcomer to the show. I'm like this this guy, this guy who's trying to hit on women and has a closet full of wigs. We're not going to discuss this guy.
2: Well, this episode took them seriously. It took them yeah. seriously.
1: Yeah. Um, the other person, the other people I want to talk about, is in the cast is uh, Miguel Fernandez, who plays our evil preacher. Uh, oh, gosh.
0: <laughs> oh, Stu.
1: <sighs> yeah. Oh, Stuart Fish. Not I forget. I, damn it. I had it written down and I can't find it. It's something with fish.
0: You just got fish on the brain today. I do. For, for our listeners, uh, Patrick was trying to give me a, a, a cat toy that's a fish.
1: <laughs> he was also in um, Ghost Story, 1981 with Fresh Air oh. and all those big guys. And he did the movie Spasms, which was directed by last episode's Ooh. director. Mm-hmm. whose name I don't remember, and he was in Rabbit. Okay. Directed According by David Cronenberg. Yeah. Not Rabbit, Rabbit. Rabbit. <laughs> he played Little Bunny Fufu, who was Hopper <laughs> through the
3: forest.
0: And then we have someone from Videodrome in this also, right?
1: <laughs> yes, we'll get to her, we'll get to her. Uh, Robert Silverman plays Jerry mm-hmm. in this. He's the guy who's debunking faith healers and phony preachers. He's
0: powerful, too. He's yeah, interesting. Oh,
1: he's Yeah, Yeah, he is very Cronenberg because I was like, this guy has a very Michael Ironside vibe about him. Yeah. Mm. Like there's a certain amount of menace to him for no reason. There's menace and 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 there's
0: like always wheels turning behind his eyes. And you have no idea what's going to come out of his mouth. Yeah. You have no
1: idea what this guy's going to do. And he has a very
2: almost he's fascinating flat delivery, so he doesn't. He's not over the top. He kind of downplays everything. Mm-hmm. But there's still so much going on.
0: But he really earns his payoff, yeah, because yes. he hasn't been playing hammy the entire time. He was in prom
2: night. He was the creepy janitor. As soon as I read that, I'm like,
1: that's where I know you from. <laughs> <laughs> creepy janitor for prom night. <laughs> And as we mentioned earlier, he was in Jason X. He was the weird old guy in the video that like wanted to buy Jason's body or something. Didn't matter <laughs> if he was alive or dead. A very weird video sequence. At which and also Jason X starred David Cronenberg as well in the opening scene. Uh, and he was also in The Brood, Scanners, and Naked Lunch. So he is a uh, Cronenberg veteran. And another look, uh, the, the the woman who gets cured in the alley. Ah, uh, yes, Lynn Gorman. Of uh, not a lot of credits, but she was in Video German. Another great performance. Just. Even the even the tiny performances in this are great.
0: It was good, and I kept waiting for it to like go back to the Hammy show I recognize, and we just didn't, and it was lovely.
1: Yeah, they they let they left left it for the uh, CODA scene. Yeah, at the end.
0: <laughs> but even then, we turned back around and we we're like, uh, no, we're serious. I'm Oh
1: God, so someone started Prozac today, so she's weird.
0: Oh right. my my childhood doggy was on, uh, uh, not on the one that's Prozac. on, on Prozac adjacent. <laughs> what? Bucket separation Anxiety. Prozac. crack No. Uh, it's not Prozac,
1: but it's made from crack. <laughs>
3: <Chlorazepin>? <laughs>
1: anyway, back to the show. Back to the show. Back to the show. Let us not digress. Let us stay focused like these, like our wonderful people did for this show. Okay, the show opens. And we lost track. Uh, could you, since I can't get over there, could you message him that we're just going to keep going and he can jump in whenever? Yeah, sure. Smoochies. Smoochies. Who needs smoochies?
0: Or All the smoochies. 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 <laughs> Um, all right, so oh, so we open. We open in this like arena style faith healing church.
1: Yes, we're in, we're in the we're in, we're in, the, we're in the, the church of Stu. F- I'm going to say Fishman. It's not Fishman, <laughs> but we're just going to go with that because I can't remember. What it is. Uh, Stu Fishman, the faith healer. And what I started to notice immediately on some of the secondary viewings is how well they're using color and light. Yes, throughout this whole episode because. Everybody there is dressed really dark. the The room itself is dark, except for the center where he is.
0: And it's really deliberately blocked. There's very few people on the ground floor. Most people are walking, watching from this upper balcony.
1: Right, right. There's a there's the people on the floor are there to be healed. Yeah. Or to beg to be healed, or whatever, and everyone else is watching. So it's a weird Roman Colosseum kind of vibe. Yeah. And he's given his spiel. And what I appreciate here, too, this guy's performance I loved because he's playing a faith healer, which means, you know, fire and brimstone. He almost never raises his voice. He does not play your typical fire and brimstone kind of preacher. No. Like, he he's talking, he's talking sense for a while, or at least, like, the way he's talking is rational.
0: Yeah, the, the the way he's talking is is, like, here you've seen what's going on, but what's in the book? Like, it's all... Oh, it's weird. It's like uh... you're right because he he never raises his voice, but I can't put my finger on exactly what I think that tone is.
1: It's schmooze. It's it's, you know we're going to bring this poor child out here. It's that soft kind of we're so concerned, about this poor boy who can't see this with this poor boy with cataracts. And you know, oh, tell us what can you see? He has
0: cataracts, but he's also like in a wheelchair and has a cane. Well,
1: it's theatrics. It was literally theatrics because this guy's a he's a plant. Yeah. This guy's not blind. So we get this whole spiel. You know, we'll play the audio and it's wonderful, it's brilliant. Little bits
3: of day. Surrounded by an eternal night. Is this what the good book promises? the good book says a child shall lead them well not this child because he is blind and because all the powers of man and his medicine could not heal him but I ladies and gentlemen I want you to reach deep down in your hearts I want you to reach deep down in your pockets to help this poor little boy and for those of us who work for our Lord I want to hear you say, I believe, I believe, I want to move the earth. I want to shake the heavens in this firmament.
0: And we're just about to heal the boy with the cataracts. And what happens? Oh, oh! then our, our buddy, Jerry, comes out of the wings, wearing his everyman outfit. Out of his
1: wheelchair. He was sitting there in a wheelchair oh. at the beginning, so he's been passing for a
0: while. I miss that. I, yeah. I miss that. It um, goes this. This man doesn't have cataracts, and he's like, "Let me heal him."
1: Yeah. What? By the way, you're all being lied to, and what the, everything this. What you're actually being witness to. You're not being witness to a miracle. You're being witness to a crime.
3: <laughs>
1: Say I believe,
2: who Lord, I believe. Well, I go, and neither should you.
3: ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to break things up like this, but what you're witnessing here is a crime. A crime against every one of you and a
2: crime against reason.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, what you are in fact witnessing is the work of the devil. This man is drunk.
2: What, uh, What color is my hair? What kind of jacket am I wearing? I can't see. The cataracts, I'm blind.
3: Leave this poor boy alone. All he wants to be is healed. Well then, let me heal him.
2: Why would a blind man wear contact lenses? And Trey's back. Hi, hey. welcome back
3: to
1: Hey, technology sucks. Yes. I know, I know. We're just at the
2: part where the blind guy's about to be not cured. Oh, I-, I wanted to say that the one thing I loved about that scene is for the longest time there was silence. They didn't have any score and they made a really good use of silence, especially when the preacher's like doing a ceremony stops and it's just dead quiet. And I really like that.
1: I was gonna, Yeah, I was going to mention that too later on, is that the score is very restrained yes. this episode because normally somebody's got both elbows and the keyboards. Oh,
0: and they must know how hokey the music sounds. They must yeah. know.
1: Yeah. Um, or, or Cronenberg or his crew were just like, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> None no. of
0: that. Thank you. No, no. <laughs> Tone it down.
1: No. I'm David Cronenberg. I'm the biggest person you're ever going to have in this show. <laughs>
0: uh, But Jerry's like, here, let me heal him. And then he just takes the the contact lenses out of this disabled cosplayer and shows it to the,
2: <laughs> the cosplayer's just like okay i'm gonna let you do this doesn't move doesn't wiggle yeah, but doesn't move, it works.
0: Go, oh that hurts oh my eyes have pain it just uh i mean but he's he's probably just like frozen in the moment whatever that's fine i get that
1: yeah well also there's somebody weird with their fingers and my eyes i might not i don't know i don't know what yeah who knows he also has to keep up the act too yeah yeah So there's lots of layers going on. So now he's been exposed in front of all of these people. Mm -hmm. And he makes a run for it. Uh, Stuart Fishman, whatever his name is. Our preacher man. We'll just call him that. Preacher man like that. Our preacher man makes a run for it. And this is another thing that almost bordered on camp.
3: (laughs) All
0: these disabled people who need healing are chasing them out of the building. People in wheelchairs. People with crutches. Yeah, he keeps getting confronted by people
1: like, you son of a bitch, I've been following you for years, you're taking all my money, and you're in front, and they'll start chasing him, but then they drop off after two or three steps because they're disabled. I said, <laughs> if this turns into a cripple chase, this is going to be embarrassing, but it doesn't. No, yeah. It doesn't. And I want to point out something here. On one of my, I think the second or third viewing, it suddenly hit me, I said, this episode, there's something claustrophobic and oppressive About it. And it took me a while to figure out what it was. There's almost no light Hmm. in this episode. Everything that happens outside happens in an alley. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Yeah, it's true.
1: Not near a streetlight or on that ship in cold steel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like the indoor spaces that aren't the shop are super weird. Like we have the, the weird arena. We have the ship. Why are we on a ship? Why does he live in a ship?
1: Because he was in the Navy. <laughs> Merchant Marine. But, but no, but, then, but then, like the sky, it, this, the sky, when you see shots of the sky, it looks dead. Yeah. yeah. It looks like they have a tarp over the, over everything, but they don't. Everything just looks dead. There's no light except from Stuart. Wherever Stuart is, there's light. Like all of a sudden the colors are warm. Colors are warm. We have white and they're, gold they're and the Warm red, warm pinks, red. warm yeah. peach. And I'm going, oh my God, this is creepy as hell. This is creepy as hell, because and, and then, like, even this, the scene that's coming up where we finally meet the, the uh, Curious Goods crew, they're seeing him on TV. I'm going, why is Curious Goods so dark? Yeah, mm-hmm. the shop like, looked weird this episode. Yeah, It looked really weird. It looked extremely dark. I'm going, because the, the only light is coming from the TV, and who's on the TV? Preacher Man. Preacher Man. So the only light in this episode is coming from him, and it's false.
2: Also
0: it's a lie.
1: That's, that's, <laughs> that's cool. So fucking creepy. I didn't yeah. That. yeah,
2: that's very cool. I hadn't
0: put yeah. a finger on it, but that's that's very apt.
2: Yeah, there's
1: a lot of that. There's a lot of plays with light in this episode, and I think they're great. Yeah, so we have a chase through the alley, kind of sort of. He gets away from everybody. He's stumbling through garbage, and he falls. And what happens? A street
2: lady, homeless woman, starts. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. He, he finds the glove.
0: And it's like on top of a pile of garbage bags and pizza boxes.
2: And it's not uh-huh. it's not such a smooth, it looks new. Yeah, absolutely again, it's in the sea of
1: filth yeah. and blackness, white. White, yeah. You can't miss it. And at another time, had I have we not been watching these consecutively, i have been like, "That's so stupid." He just happened to find that thing. What's it doing there? Now I'm going. It makes sense. Again, they it found him. Yeah, it found because
2: yeah, yeah. he sees it and he they just has it out one of the garbage second.
0: to find him. He was so evil. The glove was like, "Oh shit, he's coming."
2: We had that that shot where he just looks at it and you just see it coming up for him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's like it had a special light shining on just the glove. It was very deliberate.
1: Yeah, yeah, and this scene too. Again, they play with light. He's all in dark clothes. He's he's got a dark jacket over his white suit that he had on earlier. So everything's dark. His pants are dark. Everything's dark. And he puts on the white glove. The camera changes, just angles, and it's so dark that all you can see in the glove, and he's kind of leaning towards the camera. So it just looks like the glove is getting bigger until you realize, oh, it's attached to his hand. It's like, it's just, again, light, dark, light, dark. Like, he's a totally dark thing. And now it's this one thing of lights. And he can see it's affecting him. He's got that face, like he, like getting information from it. But he's interrupted by what, Trey?
2: A bag lady with a leper lady. I called her leper lady.
1: Leper lady. We'll go with that. We'll go with that.
2: I loved her. Yeah. She, she hit,
1: she hit uh, one of those pissed off people from the service. Has hunted him down And she just whacks him the shit out With her <laughs> crutch And I'm like Good for her
0: Yeah
2: Good for you But her face is like Cancerous It's just
0: There's there's lesions, lesions. There's sores it's everywhere. Gross.
2: The makeup effects For this Every episode Every reason was to amazing. be furious yeah.
0: Oh yeah I've written down Like body horror payoff In the first act I, I was so hyped For all the effects
3: <laughs> Damn you You thought you could get away You promised to cure me! No, no, I didn't promise you anything! It was God's will. You took everything I had, all my money, everything. Was that God's will? And I'm dying!
1: she she confronts him. just like you're a fucking fraud. It's like the same thing but the other people say. You've taken all my money. I believed you. And you lied to me and I'm dying. And she goes to hit him again and she slips. And when she slips, he puts that gloved hand out to stop her from falling on him. And what happens?
2: Cures her. All the legions are gone.
0: And, but it's a transfer curse. So on this beautiful, beautiful kid glove, now all of a sudden we have open bloody sores. Yeah.
2: That was very cool.
1: We'll come back to that. I just have to come back. Her face when she realized that she's cured. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Is gorgeous. It's such a tight. We don't get a lot of tight close-ups on this show. You know, they're too intimate for this kind of a thing. Except when people are scared, then you can see all the micro. Oh yeah. Yeah. Movements in people's face. You know, where you can see the tension. But in something like this, when someone's this happy, when someone's that's not the right word, ecstatic. Joy, joyful
0: so there was or not? There was a bliss. Yeah.
1: bliss. yeah, rapture. Rapture. Good. She's rapturous that she's cured, and the tears are coming. I'm like, that is a beautiful shot. Like for under five. Yeah. yeah. Roll. Beautiful performance. Very moving. she's cured Mm -hmm. and as mine was saying the problem is he's got it now or the gloves got it and the problem is it turns out the whole thing with this glove is that it's kind of a spiritual game of hot potato Mm -hmm. (laughs) I say, that as a, I say that as a half joke because yeah. there's a time. you got you got to pass this on. Yeah. Who's got I'm the lesions? Who's got great. the lesions? <laughs> and you don't have a lot of time nope. or you're going to get all of it. Yeah. And as Jack says, what, what, later on when we get some jack's planning, he's like, it, not, it seems to not only cure, it absorbs it and somehow amplifies the disease then you have to pass it on. Yep. And that's what happens. This guy's running through the alleys and he doesn't know what's happening now. Of course, the glove's not going to tell him what to do now because that would be easy. But he he sees all the pustules forming on the glove and he peels it all. He tries to take the glove off and underneath it's just like, you think the glove looks gross? Yeah.
0: What's happening to his skin I, is worse.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's rotting underneath his glove. It's disgusting. The great special effects.
0: They're great. They're icky. They're not over the top. They're no. not guts filling out, but there's a sense of texture.
1: Yeah. Uh. They're, and they're pushing the envelope of what you can do on TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At that time. Yeah. Yes. They, they don't go over the line. It's just enough. It's if this is what I do. This is only kind of half of what I do, but this is what I do. Right. I'm David Buddy, And he's, he's stumbling around. Unfortunately, there's a happy policeman who just happens to be writing a ticket in the wrong neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Hey, buddy, you need some help? Oh, yeah. He's Canadian. He's going to be friendly. And again, it's one of those moments like the glove knew what to do yeah. more than he knew what to do. Yeah. His arm shoots out. His face doesn't seem to know what's happening. It touches that poor cop on the face and the cop doesn't just die. He literally turns into a mass of tumors.
0: It's so yeah. gross.
1: It was, yeah, it was gnarly.
0: The texture of his skin is so gross and his entire body is like desiccated. And
1: yeah. He looked like the Thing from the Fantastic Four.
0: Yeah.
1: But in a gross way.
0: Yeah.
2: Instead of rock is made out of tumors.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So now, after 11 minutes and two seconds... We finally go to Curious Goods. What's going on over at Curious Goods?
0: Mickey finds Preacher Man live on the TV, and they're like, wait, no, this is the guy we've been looking for. I'm going to record him on the VCR.
1: Oh, first we have to be fixing the TV, because I'm like, guys, get cable. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's 1988. Get cable. Ryan's trying to fix the TV, and the only channel they can get is the one that this preacher turns out six months have passed
0: maybe the TV is haunted and they're just trying to steer him in the right direction I'm yeah. thinking
1: it's a thing that they picked up at the store and they're just trying to fix it it's a haunted <laughs> TV it. it's a
2: cursed TV watch out
1: but Mickey's bitching and of course this is over the top of stuff.
2: But, well, there's one um, line that I had to bring up where um, Ryan says to her something about you know patience and virtue aren't those f- traditional female qualities and I was like oh I
1: wrote that down and I said Maya's gonna have words about this I'm pretty sure
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: you know what I have to say I don't have anything new to add
2: yeah Ryan had to get in just one little, little thing.
0: Yeah, because Ryan's known for being patient and virtuous.
2: Yeah. But they see the glove. Well, Jack sees the glove.
1: Well, because they, they they can only get this one channel, and Ryan's still being the dude, being like, well, hold on, let me see if I can tape it on the VCR. <sighs> Why? Because it's 1988, everybody. And... Mickey's just like, I don't want to watch this guy. I hate these people. They're disgusting. They're parasites. I don't want to watch them. He's like, get off the TV, Ryan, help me.
0: I mean, they are all those things. I feel that Change way. Change the
1: channel. <laughs> and Jack comes wandering in, and I'm like, yay, just quietly off the side, because we haven't seen him in two episodes. And I'm nope. like, there he is. There we are. Yep. They're the big man in the bucket hat <laughs> that he doesn't have on right now. So I'm like, oh, there he is. Telling in because I guess he lives here too. He's <laughs> still have to
2: determine that. But what is it like? Jack recognizes the glove. Yeah, I, I knew it was going to happen. I was like, "Oh, Jackson, what that is?" Of course, he's memorized. The language
0: of this episode was like so specifically crafted. So when they're making references, when Jack's like, "Oh, I recognize the glove. I, I wrote this down. Wrote a few things down." Power, power courses through that that would burn and sear my flesh. Like it's so specific. They don't waste lines of this episode.
1: And that's an, and that's actually when Jack's eyes light up when when the preacher said it, he's like Wait, what that sounds familiar and he looks at the glove and he recognized because actually i don't know why he would recognize it because there's really nothing no
0: but he, special he does, though. About he the talks glove. about how it's uh from some guy named antonio from the time it i know that he... i know that but really,
1: when you look at the glove itself like it's, it's really nothing not special there's no distinctive mark on the glove or anything like that
0: but i think that's on purpose because the glove can't scar
2: yeah yeah i just kept thinking it was michael jackson's missing glove
0: Okay, it's not well, sparkly, that's what it's what
2: I said. it got <laughs> oh, it. That's true. And no sequins. No sequins.
1: Pustules. Pustules. Special glitter-like sequins, if the lighting is right.
0: Okay, I love a glitter blood gag, but we can talk about that later.
1: <laughs> hey, you're welcome. Maya Cosplay, coming up soon. Uh, <laughs> so Jack recognizes it, and he goes right to the books. He's like, I, the thing is, that this, this is what a Jack finds. He's like, I found this. I brought this from Rome. Yeah. When I was in the merchant marines, <laughs> I wrote
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jack.
1: Had this been another episode, I would say, oh, Jack, please, please, please at some point sing a Sea Shanty. <laughs> Possibly while doing a jaunty jig. <laughs> please, please, <laughs> please. I saw a picture of him in the little white bell bottoms. I'm like, <laughs> oh, Jack. With well, this
3: sailor's head on.
2: I thought I recognized that love.
3: The guy looked like he stole his act from Michael Jackson. Mm. It's called the Sforza Love. Never heard of it. No, well, there's no reason why you would. I brought it back from Rome on one of my voyages from when I used to be in the Merchant Marine. It's from the time of da Vinci. Now, this was made for Antonio Sforza by his court physician. Sforza? Hmm. He was an alchemist, wasn't he? Yes, how do you know that? Well, I studied the Renaissance Italian court at university. <laughs> Good career move. Anyway, uh, it was supposed to provide good health for the ruling families, you know, for the elite. At least that's the story that they put around. I don't know that it ever really worked, at least until it came over here. But now it heals people. Mm Mm-hmm, so it would seem. But I wonder at what cost it.
1: But yeah, but he recognizes, he's like, no, this is from the, 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 the Italian Renaissance. This belonged to the, the, whoever was, the, whatever the ruler was. This guy worked for them. This guy, Schwarza, who was an alchemist. And Mickey recognizes that because she studied the Italian Renaissance families when she was at community no, no, college. No, 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 no.
2: She studied the <laughs> Renaissance. And
1: she, she did a say Renaissance.
2: And does a hand and gesture. she did a little
1: handful because it's Mickey. Like, and what I had to credit Ryan or the actor. Uh,
2: John D. LeMay.
1: Thank you. He had a line that says, great career choice. After she said that she studied that in college. <laughs> but he actually said it positively. <laughs> <laughs> a good career choice. Because actually, yeah, this is a good career choice. <laughs> for it's only worse I'm for like, this.
0: Oh, yeah, you actually did it. I think Roby went to college to get her MRS. No.
1: <laughs>
0: Sorry, Mickey went to college to get her MRS.
1: I, was, I, have my B- I have my BA in a to- attorney rate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lucy Bender, college graduate.
1: <laughs> I'm Lucy Bender. But yeah, so with this alchemist, apparently they said, it that back in the days they said he could cure anything. Yeah. And Jack's saying, well, when I picked it up, it didn't do anything. You weren't sick. Well, that he knows about. So. But then again, it goes into our whole thing of bespoke curses. And I do like yeah. that we're mixing. This is the kind of history I don't mind. Right. Yeah. This level of history, because it's not that weighted. It's just a little bit of something for context. But again, I just wanted to say about this scene. It's so dark.
0: It's so dark, and I didn't realize so we were in the shop initially.
1: Yeah. It's so dark, and the, since the lighting is only coming from the TV, Mickey, like, we didn't talk about her hair or her clothes because her hair just looks like she came to set.
0: Actually, I, I have I have something to say about Mickey's hair from this scene going into the next scene. Uh, oh, well,
1: yeah, she goes to Poodle Parm in the next scene. <laughs> yeah,
0: I <but> know. We <laughs> smash cut to ringlets in the next scene.
1: Yeah, but for the most part, it's still, even the ringlets look loose. Like, it doesn't look super styled. No. And she's wearing muted colors, like muted yellow, and the light bouncing off her face from the TV makes her look so pale, she looks ghostly. She looks yeah. sick.
0: Yeah, she has on a camel-colored miniskirt and a dark top, and then, like, she's wearing muted colors almost the entire show. And the next season, we're going to see a reprise of the coat she wore for the Adventure episode last week. Uh, mm. yeah. same. Well,
1: she wore it in this episode, yeah, too, but it didn't I'm look saying. as good. Uh, it didn't look as good. No. But yes, and Ryan's all bl- dressed in black, so I'm just saying, it, it, even Curious Goods doesn't feel like home No, in this
2: episode. Because they're not even like in the main lobby where they usually are. They're like in some little room or something that I don't think we've no. ever seen.
1: Oh, they, they finally converted that extra room that the dead lady was in <laughs> <laughs> into a TV room? But wasn't that like a
0: fancy library? I remember there being bookshelves in that other room. There was. I'm seen. just trying. I'm,
1: I'm trying to make fun. I'm trying to make fun, and this episode's very difficult. It's true. Yeah, so they figured out, that okay, wait, so that guy's got the glove. We got to go get the glove. And if I might go off about lighting again. We now cut to the outside of the preacher's church, which is, again, in a filthy alley.
0: Filthy alley, but there's a stairwell coming down to the, the stage door, and the uh, light is shining sorry. down the stairwell.
1: Exactly, like, like the stairway to heaven. The same thing again it's all the time it's like it's always the light is always coming from there and that's so fucking creepy because it's a lie it's a fucking lie jack i mean uh, uh ryan and mickey are waiting at the bottom of these stairs and <laughs> poor jack is pretty much thrown down the stairs by a couple of preacher goons
0: preacher goons
1: White suited so what's he doing
2: what, what happened he was picking them locks no p- picking the locks of a random door
0: yeah, they, like, threw his lockpicks back at him on the way out. And he was so upset, he's like,
3: I can't, how dare you do this to a man's lockpicks? <laughs> oh, do you see what they did to those? Look. Are those your... My lockpicks. You're not kind of people offend bend a man's lockpicks. <laughs> he's like, oh, those are those your lockpicks? Oh, did they bend your lockpicks? <laughs>
2: <laughs> he was so offended that they actually, had you know, did that to a poor innocent lockpicker. picker. Right.
1: But then they're like, but, but then Ryan saying, but Jack, did you get anywhere? Did you get to the
0: office?
3: Oh, hell, Mickey, I don't even know if I had the office. I may have been trying to break into a closet.
0: Oh, honey, we've been trying to break you out of that closet for a really long time, Jack. I don't think Mickey knows. I think Mickey's too, too obsessed with Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Mickey's hair.
1: Yeah, so they've been thwarted. Jack can't be any use anymore because they've seen him. So he takes off, so he leaves Mickey and Ryan there. They're like, okay, Ryan says, oh, I'll tell him about my sick aunt. Oh, I'll try to. I'll right. try to be they, they make
0: a plan to break in.
1: So they go up the stairs and they're waiting on the second level of this fire escape, waiting for for him to for the service to let out. And you know Mickey saying, "Oh, they hear all this screaming and clapping. I'm like, oh, must be almost over. Someone's having a good time tonight." And so they're just waiting for him to come out so they can you know try to talk to him. But what's happened is he's they look down like the level where they were. They like, oh, wait a minute. That's him sneaking out underneath us. He's already taken off, so they go follow him. And, but the thing is, yeah. Um, and he has a
0: dark coat on over a white outfit again. Damn it, Patrick. Now I see it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, covering that light. And uh, poor Corky. <laughs> poor
2: Corky the poodle. We want you to
1: live, Corky. We just want you to live, Corky. <laughs> well, Corky did live. I know, but I know. I wanted him to live. But yeah, this is a great scene, oh, too. F- I think very strange. Like It's a strangely set up scene because we get a quick cut. You see a woman coming out of a building. Mm-hmm. To walk her fabulous French poodle. Mm-hmm. Quirky. Quirky. <laughs> and the dog immediately runs away. I'm going, that woman should not have come out of that building. Yeah. Like it's like it's 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 a it's a shitty alley that they're in. Like, why are people walking around in here? But it doesn't matter. yeah Dog has matter. to
0: poop. Dog has yeah. to poop. Dog go has to go outside.
3: Poop. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like there's no, there's no like we don't even get a cut to like a street scene. We're coming out a normal door, door, and the dog runs down the alley, yeah. leading her into darkness. She came out into this, and immediately the dog's running. She's like, "Oh, Corky, no!" And unfortunately, Corky runs right to preacher man,
2: who's got like like he's got some food set up like a trap for Corky, on a string. Oh, I thought he picked up his leash. Okay, yeah, maybe he did. he, he picked okay. up the leash, okay. and then the he garbage. holds
0: the leash behind him so he can get the woman with the gloved hand. Okay. Um, okay. And it was all very slow and methodical. There were no like rage burst you no know, jerky movements like what really got to me about this actor's performance this episode was like how he slowly ate in all the suffering he caused
1: yeah yeah well it's six months down the line now we we mm. found that out yeah in that other scene that it's six months later so he's been doing this for six months that's yeah. a lot of bodies it's it's a lot is. of bodies and so, passing the shit on is not new to him. And, and, and the makeup effects is. He doesn't even attack her or anything. He makes her come up and ask her for the dog. Like, is this your dog? I said, yes. Here he is. Here's the leash. Oh, thank you. And then he puts his hand on well, her. Well,
0: but phone. his need for a power play only gets worse as the episode goes on. Oh, He's absolutely. on a weird God power trip.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And this woman's death is also horrific because we get some bladder
2: work, which we don't know how to get on wow. this show. Yes, we do. It's so icky face bladders phenomenal
3: (laughs) it was so good
2: yeah
1: because she's uh, like initially it's almost funny because like her eyes bug out and her Her mouth opens and she's got her tongue sticking out but the thing is her face freezes there and she's locked eyes of them the whole time she's dying and as her face is mutating like that's really fucked up yeah that's
2: really fucked up yeah it was it was great it was disturbing it was a very disturbing scene
0: uh huh. And he just stands there. Like,
1: watching. No, there's nothing. There's no feeling and there, not There's a
0: slow inhale as he watches.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's a power. Yeah. But there's no mercy. There's no pity. There's no remorse. Nothing anymore. Mickey and Ryan hear the dog. Yeah. Crying over its owner's body. Oh, God. Sorry. That's one of those things that always gets me really. Yeah. That always hits me in the chest. Yeah. You know, we see the pets mourning there. <laughs> yeah. And her, she's, she's, she doesn't look at the other guy. She's like a raisin. Yeah, mm-hmm. of tumor. She's more Freddy Krueger looking. I don't know what she got. What I also thought was interesting in this movie that they never named the disease that they were curing. No, no, they didn't. They made it, made it a conscious choice not to.
2: Because I originally thought that whatever disease you have, that that kind of disease took over the um, the glove. Then yeah. realized, oh, no, it a no, did. And it, we proved was... that with the
0: bullet hole later. With the bullets um, later on, yeah. yeah.
2: Which I got like, questions about. That, but
0: all kinds of late stages disease, late stage diseases. I can pluralize. Will eventually become visible, I like they didn't name it. I like that all because one then you don't have to stay super accurate so you can do things like bladder work uh yeah, but two, I don't know, I feel like it made it more authentic
1: yeah. i didn't I know I didn't mind it, but I just liked that it. it was a conscious choice not to name the disease, so you could you can act that it lets the audience. User, airbrush yeah. whatever is in their head on and top of it. don't have
0: to cut back to a doctor's office and go, well, you're cured of your MS.
1: Yeah. Which makes it more personal if I'm putting my fears on top of...
0: Oh, yes. Yes, yes,
1: yes. Yeah. If you didn't tell me what it was, I just put whatever's scaring me the most on top yeah. of whatever that is supposed to yeah. be. And that is
2: brilliantly well, the, the idea that the glove becomes a living mass of tumors like the bladder work goes on the glove itself when it's when he's infected that was just brilliant yeah
0: and the yeah. moving yeah. pustules yeah. on a
2: glove yeah
0: gross
2: yeah it just reinforces it. this glove as being a living breathing thing gross yeah
1: so now we cut back to curious goods once again which is still dark and weird
0: it's still dark and weird and Ryan has his arm around Mickey and it was the closest thing we got to cousin this episode
1: <laughs> yeah hey she's bereft she's uh, she's shaken up they're both shaken up yeah I don't mind that I don't mind that hang on to what you got at times like this yeah fair enough but but, but this is one of those times when I went I'm really glad these two aren't in this episode very much because Mickey the delivery of a couple lines was just too Mickey over the top well how are we I'm going to get the glove away from this preacher <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah tone it down, honey. It's yeah. okay. Everyone else is playing at a different level than you right now.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But that's basically they were just upset. They're just saying it was, this is where Jack figures it out.
3: Well, it appears that the glove somehow must absorb one person's affliction and transfer it to someone else. The woman we saw wasn't just sick. She was dead. Well, maybe the glove stores and amplifies the affliction some way. And then whoever the glove touches gets it in spades. That's exactly what I mean. And then we've got to find a way to get to our faith healer before he does any more healing. We can't let this happen
1: to anyone. And this is when they're like, well, how are we, and she says, well, how are we ever going to get the glove away from him? And he says, I think I know just the person to help us. A
0: peculiar friend. Uh, for a peculiar
1: friend. A very peculiar friend, and they're like, "Well, well we can't wait to meet him." I'm like, you're not going to meet him because you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're not cool enough to meet old friends of Jack. You guys
1: had the last two episodes.
2: It's, it's my, my turn, turn now. to shine. Well, that was kind of. I mean, at first, I was wondering why isn't he going to let this guy meet this guy, and then later on in the episode, I was like, "Oh, I, th- I think I kind of figured it out." It's too much like his own personal life that he doesn't want.
1: And too much, too much backstory. Like, and he does what? He 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 defrauds. Yeah fake preachers that's what he does that's too many questions like forget it i'll be able to- you guys will be a distraction i'm just gonna go in and reason with him like an old friend yeah yeah from the merchant <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay but like there's there's old gay vibes between him and the, the that guy and then there's old gay vibes with them and the the preacher man and it's like they definitely all went to gay cabal together oh yeah i didn't get i didn't oh. get it
1: i didn't get it here oh I, I disagree. i disagree entirely i got intimacy I didn't get gay, by the way. Well, I just like when, this guy lives on a big boat, like a big uh, decommissioned boat, a ship or whatever. Yes. And did you notice? This is where I said, oh, this episode actually takes place in Toronto.
2: The skyline.
1: It's like you, you can just see the seat. C- yeah. Was it the CU Tower? Mm-hmm. In the background, like that's clearly Toronto and they keep showing it. So it's not a mistake. Yeah. And I'm going to say David Cronenberg being like, fuck you. I'm from from Canada. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from America Town? Where? What? (laughs) And also the boat on the side of it said, Canadian Steel! (laughs) (laughs) Canada Steel.
0: Okay, but a ship could could, could move to America Town if America Town is near a port.
1: Jerry says the ship don't run no more. Hmm. He just lives there which kind of sums up Jerry. It's like this is my life and now here I am. I'm not even my boat doesn't run either.
0: It's not a houseboat. It's like a decommissioned military ship. I'm just
1: a shell. It was
2: it's not a houseboat. It's a decommissioned yeah, which I thought was such a great quirky little choice and it never really needed to be explained. It just was and I love that part of it.
3: Mhm.
0: With, With a weird job. job. And it, yeah. you can definitely tell like it's a lifelong pursuit that has cost him his other social connections. Lives alone on a boat, and uh, yeah. his yeah. his PC yeah. took me back. He saw uh, he had a computer on, and it was not a shape I have seen in some years.
1: Giant cube.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just a cube though; it had that like little little the hood yeah. front. Yeah. yeah,
1: the sheath. Yeah. <laughs> Please, let's never sorry, say sorry. that word on the show again. Please, our, thank you very much. Our mind. seaman had a the sheath. That computer was uncut. All of their scenes together. Are great
0: they're electric
1: (sighs) these scenes are long they're all dialogue and they're shot in close-up which was why i was getting the intimacy i'm like you they're showing it's not super close up but it's close enough that just like it it's mentally cluing you in like these guys are more these are not just strangers having a conversation about something weird this is just like we really know each other for a long time these are old friends
2: what I loved about the script that they re- there was so much subtext to the script, and so much that was not being spoken but being felt, because I wasn't quite sure of the relationship. In terms of, you know, it comes more into focus later about which about religion versus science, but they didn't feel the need to hit you over the head. Got with enough
1: that from this conversation, and we'll. Be- Jack,
3: you and I will never see eye to eye on any of this stuff. That's why I, I like
1: you. Jack's about magic, and this guy's about exposing yeah. magic frauds, which they shouldn't be friends.
2: Yeah, skepticism. Are. Yeah. 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 And I almost kind of wonder if that's why Jack didn't want to meet him because this was like the one guy who sort of held Jack up to Jack's beliefs up to a mirror. And first I was wondering, well, does Jack not want to see, Mickey and to yeah. see him that vulnerable? Maybe.
1: And I just think that it'd be a distraction. Yeah. Like I have to deal with these two and top of that, like, they'll turn him off. Yeah. He'll yeah. work with them. He'll work with me. I want to talk about lighting again in the scene. And I'm going to get really boring with this. When they first start talking, it's a tight close-up on Jack. His face is lit up like me right now in my ring light. He's beaming in this white light like a painting of the Madonna. And I mean the Virgin Mary, not the singer. And it's gorgeous. And I don't really know why they did that. And meanwhile, the other guy's always in the dark. But Jack's all of a sudden got this light. It's just a gorgeous shot. And, it, and then later on when the light goes away, Jack always has this beautiful purple-blue filter over his face. And yeah. he just looks radiant. And yeah. he's so um, relaxed and present. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even feel like he's acting. It's just like, I just feel like Chris Wiggins is here talking to me.
0: Yeah.
1: Through the TV.
2: And oh, it's one-
0: I think without Mickey and Ryan, we strip a lot away to the camp of Jack.
2: Oh, well, ah, yeah. he
1: doesn't have to babysit. That's true.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, and this episode takes him seriously as a character, and it really looks at his beliefs and why he does this versus other people who would mock him for it.
1: Uh, so anyway, this conversation that they're having is just wonderful too, because these, since this is the guy that he knows that defrauds, debunks. That's what he, he, uh, he debunks. He debunks like,
0: like how Christopher Hitchens was famously yeah. friendly with a few very religious people. Yeah, yeah, and
1: and and not only is he, this is what he or does. James he's actually debunked this guy before. Yes. we saw it at the beginning of the episode his history with this guy so yes. it's like this guy's at it again right he's still out there hurting people but now he's not just hurting people he's killing people and oh by the way he can heal people now trust me trust me and you know, they have the, the whole skeptical argument yeah, yeah, so you're supposed to I'm supposed to believe that he's got supernatural powers now and Jack's like no he doesn't his glove does we need to get it back
2: yeah
3: Jerry Fish has the works. That's why he's become so famous. That's why he's big and becoming bigger. And The bigger he gets, the more dangerous he gets. And you believe that with this glove, you can heal with a touch, any illness, any disease. I do. Well, then I think you better tell me what it is that want me to do? And it's
1: this long slow dance, and finally uh, I gets Jerry to agree to do it.
2: But I kind of, that Jerry, Jerry got excited about it a little bit. Like you, There was like this fever behind his eyes that you knew he had an ulterior motive going for this.
0: I don't even know if it's ulterior. I just think it's so revenge-based.
2: Well, I, f- I figured out or I, I guess that, you know, he has, he has a, 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 you know, a specific reason for wanting to go after this guy who cures people.
0: Oh, right. Why he would be so angry at people who falsely claim that.
2: Well, I kind of picked on that he himself may be sick.
0: Right. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm oh, saying yeah, 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 that yeah. that is a character driver, how dare you say people like me can yeah. be cured? Yeah. Although, I mean, he said yeah. he's been
1: doing this for 20 years. So I'm kind of thinking that the, I think it's just like I, he started doing no. it for other reasons and now the irony is, is that now I need them.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: And now you're telling me that there's a guy who can actually do this. And you want me to stop him.
2: Well, it's someone that he has history with.
1: But anyway, he gets on board. He gets on board. Yeah. On
0: board his houseboat.
1: And what
2: like di-
0: Sorry.
2: It's Sorry. not yeah. a houseboat.
0: A houseboat? A
2: house a house <laughs> Housebo- a houseboat. houseboat. A houseboat. A <laughs> houseboat. <laughs> who's houseboat? Who's houseboat? Who's houseboat?
1: Oh, lives in out there on a houseboat, eh?
0: <laughs> ah, yeah, you can
1: see the Seal Tower real great from there. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> but I love that this is the part of the episode where Jack leaves, and it just becomes about these two men, and the side character. All episode was about these two side characters or nine side characters. Just these two new characters,
1: men with history. We've got two men with history, yes, and then we've got yeah. another two men with history. Yep. Because the scene after this, we're in we're in Stu's lair. For want of a better word, in yep. his little yeah. womb, for better word, it's all and it's all just lush and everything It's gold, oh, yeah. like red, and pink velvet, and gold. soft rose colors, yeah. and it's just gorgeous. And Jerry's confronting him, he's like, "Look, I know what you're doing. You know, you're bullshit." And blah blah blah. He's like, he's like I, "I need a demonstration. I need dem- he's want, I want a demonstration."
0: Oh, mm-hmm. he, he's not. He's not on the. He doesn't put his cards on the table that it's him. He says, "I have someone I need you to cure."
1: And again, the scene. It's a great scene. When 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 there's a scene where. Stuart rises up and takes charge of the whole thing. He's like, you're going to need me. You're going to need my power.
3: This time I can do it, Jerry. I really can. I think you're lying. You. Why are you doing this? Because you're a fraud and a hypocrite. And I can prove it. I'm going to break you, Stu, and
0: this time you'll stay broken. Oh, I wrote these lines down. I uh, loved this scene. Uh, This time I can do it, Jerry. I really can. I'm going to break you, Stu, and this time you'll stay broken. Oh, so tense.
1: I loved it. But Stu's standing up the whole time, and he moves again into this lighting that's a shadow over his face, and it's a strangely shaped shadow that actually puts a death mask over him. (laughs) Like one eye's half covered, Uh, one eye's totally, and it's this weird kind of skull shape. Over his face. Yeah. Someone was working overtime on the crew.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, all this conversation, they're not yelling at each other. No. It's very downplayed.
0: Slow burn. No, because these are
1: old enemies, man. We don't have to yell at each other anymore, man. First person who raises their voice loses the argument, man. Yes. Yeah. We're good. Fine. Let's do this. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. Oh, start back at the boat. Uh Uh-huh. Jerry's laying on his bed. Jack's sitting next to him, and they're just having the conversation. He's like, well, it's, like, it's all set, Jack. It's all set. And I got Jack's freaking out. He's like, what do you mean you told him you have somebody to cure? You can't do that. <laughs> because if you cure somebody, then you're going to have to kill somebody. Then someone and
0: will die. Then someone will die, and die. he's just trying to lay out the morality, going, we, we can't yeah. do this.
1: And Jerry's like, yeah, I know. Don't
3: care. Don't care. Because it turns out Jerry's really sick. Did you arrange for someone to be the patient Yes, I have. In fact, I've found someone who is terminally ill. Dying. What? Why do you do that? This person will die if a miracle is not found. Well, he's an imposter. I could even do it. Why do that if you can have the real thing? Because there's no way that we're going to let Fishoff actually heal someone. Why not? If he can heal, let him heal. There's always a price to pay, Jerry. First the glove heals, and then the glove kills to pay for it. So be it. What are you talking about? This thing has been set in motion. I mean, you want the glove, you'll get the glove, but you don't have any say in this anymore. Jerry, what's the matter with you?
2: want to know what the matter with me is.
3: and the consequences I have no choice none oh after this standard marine issue the one person in the world who might actually be able to save me is a faith healer he
0: lifts up his shirt and he has some like awful bloody lesiony cancer things
2: question mark? yeah that was they looked mm-hmm. bad
1: i uh, think so yeah that yeah. took that took me back to the 80s that took me back to my friends that had chaos
2: there was kind of a weird aids vibe going oh, on here definitely, with
0: definitely a weird AIDS yeah vibe.
1: Oh, oh, oh 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 yeah you yeah, back at the store back at the store when they when they were deciding um when they were recovering from Corky's mom getting killed there's another preacher uh, the, Stuart's on the tv healing that guy who's incredibly oh my God, thin he's
0: super thin he's wearing the entire white outfit and there's the like vaguely sexually touching it with the glove over the skinny guy's knee it's really weird
1: yeah the thi- i watched that scene going this feels like amateur porn yeah from the 80s just like the the way it's the, the overly dressed and the, the guy's so skinny and the way he's just like slowly, like he's moving the glove over his body so damn slowly I'm going, oh, that's because this is amateur porn in its own right. It's selling this lie. Yeah, yeah, look at what I can do. And people, oh yeah, I want some of that. Give me that.
2: Yeah.
0: It was super gross. gross.
2: Well, it's like there's a type of seduction going on.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Come on. We're talking with base level human drives here. The drive to survive is basic. Yes. Yeah, and when you're in that position, you will do anything. Yeah, and this episode preys on that, and it's awful.
0: This is this is literally that, and it's yeah. going to get worse in this scene
1: because it turns out Jerry's sick, and he shows and Jack's names, but then you're going to have to kill somebody. And he says, "I don't care," but Jerry, you've never been a criminal before.
3: I've never been dying before, Jack.
2: Wow. Well, the thing I loved about this is that sometimes the show has these characters do these really out of left field character choices, but for him, it felt it made so much oh, sense. None cause of Jerry, this
0: felt unmerited. None of this felt entirely yeah. out of left field. You could see us. Exactly. It built us up to that.
2: His character didn't change. He wasn't all of a sudden evil. Yeah, he's always like focused on one point and always walking towards that point, that goal, that objection. At the beginning, it was debunking him. And now it's just like, okay, I, I fixated on what I want. I'm just flat eyed, going to go straight for it. And he just has this, like this, relentless, just movement into yeah. him in some way. Just he's like he's just moving towards yeah. a goal.
1: Yeah, and Jack's saying. But then you're going to need a victim, and he says, "I know." Takes out a gun. Mm-hmm.
0: Standard Marine issue, mm. remember?
1: Standard Marine issue, which is horrifying. Yes. Like the layer, like the layers of betrayal here. Yeah. Like they're just talking decades of friendship getting turned on each other. But on the other hand, you're going, "I get it." Yeah. Yeah. This whole thing's a really tricky morality play.
0: This, this sat with yeah. me, yeah. This it sat did. In the pit of my stomach and really bothered me for days.
2: Well, once again, it says don't overact. Really helps when they're not going histrionics, but I totally bought it.
0: Actors love to overact because it's fun. I'm allowed to say that I'm an actor. It's fine. Uh,
2: oh yeah,
1: oh yeah. But when you're when, when you're because re- yeah because when you're doing stuff like this when it's this small, it doesn't feel like you're doing anything, and the camera's actually but
3: yeah.
0: You begin to have a flicker of a thought in a close up, and the camera knows.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah the camera knows and also the audience starts laying shit on top of you oh
0: yeah the audience will project all day
1: yeah like like the less you show the more they Mm -hmm. project Mm, it's all very technical and boring so it is boring to do so you're not getting to chew the scenery which is what we're here for this is what we live for (laughs) damn it
2: it was so compelling there's so much the word is tension there's always tension of something about to happen something unresolved between them his
1: face when he just realizes what's happening it's just so absolutely heartbroken yeah. heartbroken. I'm like, there he is. There's my little cuddly guy. There's the guy that had crush on yeah. There he is yeah. right there. Yeah. So it turns out that we've set up an appointment yes. for Stu and his goons to swing by the boat. You,
0: you, you, yeah. you skipped my Japanese rope porn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. We do have a quick cutback at this incredibly tense scene. We cut back to Curious Goods. T- <laughs> Ryan and Mickey are reading magazines
0: bless them bless them <laughs> so you
1: <laughs> like we are contractually obligated to show these characters for like 7 minutes
0: shouldn't jack be back? Yet?
1: <laughs> he's, fine. he's fine. Are you done with the crossover? <laughs> Mickey's changed to all black now. She has
0: and she has on these really cute cigarette pants but yeah, all black.
1: But you can't see them. So there's like nothing you to See them
0: for for a split second and I enjoyed them.
1: Again, but there's nothing to distract. No,
0: no, no no accessories, no good hair work. No
1: fez, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Although something's coming later, but we'll talk about about that. Yeah. So they just have a moment of like, should we be doing something? And they're like, well, maybe we'll look this guy up. Then we cut back to the boat. We had an appointment. Stu and his goons are coming by. Okay. To perform the miracle, this whole scene. Jack is tied up in the closet,
0: and not like regular amateur tied up, like hands and wrists. Like this, this is rope porn. This is one hundred percent. I see girls on TikTok dressed like this.
2: This is rope porn. It was so intricate. I mean, like, like on the his hands were. It was very
0: intricate and pretty. And
1: he's a sailor. Sailors know how to tie knots.
2: I will say this: you can take the man out of the merchant marines, but you can't take the man out of the merchant marine.
0: You need some more lube.
2: (laughs) I like that. I've just
1: been blinking rapidly for about 25 seconds now.
0: Is your microphone not picking up your slow blink?
2: I thought it was funny. It was if my funny. face starts starts blattering out, you know, <laughs> <laughs> blattering out. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. So Jack's tied up in the closet, so he's the sacrifice. Just like you get nowhere to go, just nowhere to get. And just-
0: okay. In my heart of hearts, I hadn't made him the sacrifice. I was hoping, hoping that he would find a goon to sacrifice, and that he would let Jack live in some ambiguous way, because I just wasn't ready for that
2: yeah
1: no but uh yeah so the goos leave and it's just it's just Jerry and and Stu and again men with history with a score to settle yeah Jerry reveals that it's him that needs to be cured and the whole dynamic of the scene changes quite a bit and it's awful oh Oh,
0: this is so fucked up and I love it
3: that's not funny Jerry it's not a joke I'm dying Now, can you heal me? Or are you another imposter? You're dying? What have you got? Is that important? No, 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 no. Um, Look, I can heal anything. But you must understand, Jerry. All the nightmares. All the times I've spent hating your guts. And now... Now
2: your life. right here it's a humiliation, humiliation so, yeah i'll do it sure i'll cure you get on your knees get on your knees, knees. say you believe yeah. do you
0: believe say it louder yeah he doesn't
1: need to do that that's not part of the routine you can just touch somebody and cure them he has to yeah. humiliate this man who's dying
2: yeah and the whole thing with the man's—I think his own persona—is that he doesn't have faith, and he made the man say, "I believe, I believe." No, he
0: just wanted to crush him. It, well, it's not about God; yeah. it's about crushing what this man. Yeah, yeah. he
2: doesn't
1: give a shit about it, but it's part of his game.
2: Yeah, yeah. But, but, but making a man who's a cynic and probably an atheist say, "I believed," you know, is just yeah.
1: Turn against his beliefs. Yeah. For this gift mm-hmm. that he doesn't get. This is what you want,
3: isn't it, Jerry? All right. Then you play by the kneel down I believe. I believe. I believe. Then, if you believe, you must be healed. It's still there. (sighs) Sorry, Jerry. Jeff must have used the wrong hand.
2: Just, oh, that was he so fucked up. He holds the
0: glove in the air and touches him with the no. bare hand.
2: Close your eyes. Oh. Yeah. And oh. the guy's like, it's still in me.
0: It's still in me. I must, Sorry, have, used I must have used the wrong
2: hand. I must have used the wrong hand. fuck
1: you. fuck
3: you.
1: Yeah. Fuck you and your slick back toupee, motherfucker. You're a pig. <laughs> and Stu goes to leave. But he doesn't know that Jerry's got that standard Marine issue gun. Yeah. And
2: starts shooting.
1: One of the goons runs down. One of the goons gets shot. Fuck it, shoot the goon too.
2: Shoot the goon, yeah. Well, can I stop for a second? Yeah, we were, we felt so bad for Jerry, even though we know Jerry is going to ultimately kill Jack with this. But yet, we still felt so much for him at can that moment. Speak
0: for me. I felt for
2: his betrayal, uh-huh.
0: but I didn't feel bad for him anymore.
2: But it, that's just such. A, that's how this show works. On this episode works on different levels. That this guy's planning on killing Jack, but yet we, I had so much empathy for him at that moment.
1: Yeah, because he hasn't done it yet. He could still be saved.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah.
1: yeah, there's still hope. He hasn't done anything bad to Jack
2: yet. No, but yeah, but we know he has bad intentions. Well usually he would be the villain because he, he's about to try and he's plotting to kill Jack, but yet I still felt for him. This movie had so much humanity for him. Yeah. Like all these characters had humanity in yeah. them.
1: Yeah. 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 There's, there's a bit of a chase. We get up we get above ground, we get on the land, Jerry's shooting, shooting, and he shoots Stu as Stu's getting into his car. Yep, one. Through the, I think one to the back and it came out of his chest. Yeah, yeah. And Stu was man- managed to get in the car and is screaming in
0: pain. This is when we finally got the Hokey Show music. Yeah. yeah, which had been missing yeah. for like the entire episode. So when it came in, I was like, "Oh, that's right. We are watching the TV show."
1: Yeah, <laughs> heals himself with the glove, and takes off. And, and you know, Jerry's still shooting. And I don't really know exactly what happened, but like, I guess I, 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 I get in this. Random car accident and the car gets stuck between the boat and like a dumpster so now the doors won't open. Yeah. It was odd. No, it's a contraption to just make sure that he can't get out of the
2: car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And Jerry, again, Now the whole thing's flipped around. Jerry's standing above
2: mm-hmm. looking down on
1: the dumpster with the gun and he's got the glove sticking out the window going, Jerry, please, please save me. Save me. Save me. Of course, also baiting him with the glove. Yeah. Yeah. The glove
0: wants to live.
2: <laughs> the glove wants, yeah.
0: Right.
1: Baiting him with the glove, like, save me, save me, thinking, like, oh, uh, if I touch that, I'll be saved. But you won't because it just cured a bullet wound.
0: Oh, yeah. And the glove has a bleeding bullet wound on it.
1: It's a, oh, yeah, it sure does. It's got stigmata now. Yeah. But the hot potato didn't get passed in time. Yeah. What happened?
2: He gets shot like four or five times immediately, like, instantaneously by this like, invisible gun. Just boom, 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 boom. Gunshots erupt all over his chest. Yep. And it was, it was great. Yep.
1: I would have liked to have not there have been for their gunshot sound effect not to have been there, but I think that we wouldn't have been able to get the idea of what happened.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't think you could do it without, and I don't know how you would make that so directional as to make it more clear.
1: Yeah, I know. It, yeah. it, it, it was corny, but it works. Like, whatever. Instead of having one bullshit, bullshit, bullshit wound is what I was about to say, <laughs> one bullet yeah. wound.
2: Now he's got six,
1: and he's dead. Yep. dead and Jerry's dead, got dead. the glove, and ownership has been passed, which is my favorite thing on this show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I always love when the torch gets passed. Except I didn't. I'm like, no, this is... I'm like, Grammy we had a yeah. pen. Oh, no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. Because Jack's still tying up, and nobody else is here. Yeah. and the gun. reason why nobody else is here is because Ryan and Mickey have figured out this has been going on for too long and they're coming over to save him on bicycles <laughs> did you notice they're riding bicycles
3: because
1: they're children <laughs> they pulled up in front of the ship I'm like are you kidding are you like bicycles with baskets and shit I'm like are you kidding
3: ding <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: Mickey's has a basket on it.
0: Mickey's little little streamers on the handlebars.
1: Well, that's why she had the. Mickey also shows up in her beret. That was such a hit in Vanity's mirror.
0: It's for doing spy stuff.
1: She. It was. It was because of the bicycle. Okay, I needed it for the bicycle. Thank you.
0: Oh, and it's cold out there by the shore. Fly away. Oh yeah, especially
1: in Canada. In Canada, we're in Toronto. We are flat in Toronto right now. There's no hiding. We're in Toronto. It's right there. They bicycle right past the damn tower. But now there's the showdown inside the the cabin. Jerry comes and drags Jack out of that storage locker closet thing. Yeah. Sorry. Heals himself.
0: This fight scene was yeah. really tense for me to watch. I was so upset and worked up and uh, six months ago I would have not have cared about Jack the way I do now.
1: You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank
1: you. Yeah, yeah. He Heals himself. And it's just coming to put it on Jack, and Jack's just trying to hold that little...
2: And the glove is pulsing with tumors. Oh, it's so pulsing. Again, that's just it's pulsing. A, it's a, this is the Cronenberg body horror. It's a living object now.
1: And again, when he's healing himself, and it takes a long time for him to heal, he's like, it's, he said something like, it's working or something, and again, tears running down his face. I'm like, oh, fuck this. This is so fucked up. Like, this wonderful thing is happening yeah. to this character, but it's horrible.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: And they have a fight, and, and Jack is able to keep that hand off from touching him and poor Jerry walks right into his own hand.
0: Yeah, yep. he, he misses a shot or something and Jack is able to redirect the glove back to him.
2: Down is, yeah, on his face, I think.
1: And he did bubbles away. I have I have chills. Me too. This episode is awful. And then all of a sudden the assholes show up to save the day. Hooray, we're here.
0: I'm wearing, we're here, a, I'm you're wearing safe a beret. Now. <laughs> no. no. No, safe. No. No, no, no.
3: No. no?
1: This whole, this whole episode is just, was just a torture test for me. It's, it's wonderful, but it just preys on all these things. Like primal stuff. It's primal stuff. And also, I'm putting personal stuff on top of it. You know, I had my battle with death 20 years ago that I shouldn't have survived. Yeah. I, I would have bought a lot of bullshit. A certain type of thing They're telling you you got a month left. And you're like, eh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I'll buy it. I, whatever you tell me. Take my oh, money. Yeah. I'm not using it. Whatever. Just, but that, that people prey on that is awful. And Mm -hmm. there's so many of them. And it it makes me wonder, would would I have done that? Would I have done that in that opportunity? Who would I have done that to? Just some stranger passing on to? Yeah. Awful, awful. And I'm wondering, also wondering, what happens to the people who get cured when the person who cured them died? Because it's not
3: Uh. really a good
1: cure. I don't know. I started adding layers to things. And that's fine. That's fine. But the show's before, yeah. this episode anyway. Of course we have to cut back from one last bullshit. Series, which is almost which was
0: almost great. Dude, we needed it. No, that's just yeah. aftercare. We absolutely needed it. Yeah. But there were some moments
1: of yeah. greatness. Because normally for the past few episodes, we have Mickey freaking out at the end of the episode, having her moral dilemma. Jack's having his yeah. spiritual dilemma. Yeah. Well, Mickey
0: comes in to give Jack a hard time. He's like putting something away in a box.
1: Yeah, she because wa- she has some bullshit about the cape. We have to find this cape
2: yeah
0: of course Mickey wants to find a cape
1: guess what guess what the next episode's about well is it about a cape it's about a cape <laughs> yeah a foreshadowing I but liked yeah, it he's had it I mean he has this wonderful like freak out like not freak, not even freak it's out he's like I'm stuck yeah. here
0: with you my brother did this my friend I thought my friend just did this to me why am I here it was existential and raw and upset
3: I've known Jerry all my life he was my friend he just tried to kill me I'm sorry wonderful isn't it wonderful all the things that my friends have done for me I mean, there's jerry who tries to get me infected with that damn disease and then good old lewis he takes all the wonderful things that i brought him here and he lets them be cursed by the devil so i have to run around for the rest of my life trying to get them back the other thing that he said was like i
1: would leave but if i leave you two are dead
3: do you want to leave yes i want to leave of course you and, and ryan would wind up <laughs>
0: It's true, it's true.
2: But it's true, though, is I, I like the fact that the show is always has the main characters talking about what they sacrificed to do this. All of them have kind of, at their own time, gone through this.
0: What does Ryan sacrifice?
2: Ah, uh, well, he sacrificed oh, his hero. Time, well, I know that. Mickey had her episode. He sacrificed Sorry, his what hero. Said? No, but... <laughs> A guy And it's coming
1: It's coming well, no, but I remember It's coming Mickey well,
2: Okay, okay I believe yeah. you Because Mickey had her moment Mickey's of...
1: had several moments Okay
0: <laughs> Yeah
2: Yeah But each of them has this thing of I've given up everything to do this You know, Mickey had her little whine about it a, a while back So it just kind of echoes in Jack But it's just more resonant Because it's a better yeah. episode And she has the wrong response Look I understand that you've lost a great friend But we've all given up something for this damn place and if all we are to you is some kind of a liability,
0: well then maybe we'd be better off without you.
1: She yells back at him. She's like, Well, we're not bad. If that's all we are to you is a liability, then I don't know why any of us are doing it.
0: But you should just go. But she absolutely is a child. That's the childish response. But fortunately
1: my-
2: Yeah.
0: Ryan comes in wearing a blanket. He got a cold on our adventure.
1: Well, that's what happens when you ride a bicycle in Canada without a, without a beret on.
2: <laughs>
0: without your beret, you got a cold.
2: Yeah. <laughs> if only he had a glove that could cure him.
0: Uh, so Jack starts saying what herbs he needs to rub in his face under a full moon. Oh,
1: you need, oh, 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 oh like that. You need to, you need to take a globe of garlic that you picked during the full moon and you rub it in this pattern over, <laughs> Mickey's like, no, you need to get this drug and take a subcutaneous injection. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, Mickey? You try
0: magic, I'll try science.
1: I, I learned subcutaneous injection when I was at community <laughs> college.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lucy Binder, pharmacist assistant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm like why don't you just go to the doctor you've got free fucking universal healthcare. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> fucking Canadian.
1: God
2: damn it. Damn it. Don't get. They go s- off this
1: experiment on Ryan end of show. End of show.
0: I think this is probably going to be a generational divide thing but I grew up reading Bruce Coville's selections of scary, scary stories. And he would have one or two written by him and then most of them be written by someone else. And there was a short story that has stayed with me and fucked me up for a while and it was a transfer curse story about a puppet. Um, and you'd have to say that the magic words to get the puppet to jump under your hand, you'd have to say, give me that. Like, you could never, it couldn't move unasked. But it w- acted independently, it spoke by itself, and when the protagonist tries to get it off, they could feel its heart beating ew. Ew, and, ew, and ew! like ew, a ew, bird. Ew, uh,
2: ew. that's creepy. Ew,
0: ew, it ew, stayed with me ew. for like 20
1: years. That would do Ew, it. ew, but if you ever had your hand in someone, you can, but that's another story.
2: Right? Well, actually, though. All the way <laughs> up to
0: their heart, Patrick? Anyways, uh, I
2: continue.
0: so I just watching this episode, it really brought me back to whatever the name of that story was. Actually, I can, I can look it up if you want to take the five minutes. Um, but the, the transfer curse based on something you wear in your hand, uh, and how much that stuck with me. But also this was just like this really upsetting, yeah.
2: but this is actually a really special episode. In another way. Yes? This episode is episode 12 of the series. The series is 26 episodes long, and we've watched Vanity's Mirror, so we are now at the halfway point of season one.
1: Oh, wow. You know, when we started this whole thing, and this occurred to me, when I started this, didn't real, I didn't realize that at our pace, it'd take us two years to get through one season
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Let us stretch out. I'm fun.
1: It's going to be, t- be 2030 by the time we <laughs> finish the series. It's all
2: right. Whatever. <laughs> But yeah, we are we'll halfway through it's fine <laughs> because we have we have Vanity's Mirror that we kind of skipped ahead so now we're 13 episodes in 13th episode Friday the 13th yep
0: and the oh, next I episode what collection it's in who wrote the story I don't know I
2: don't know
1: um, while she's doing that yeah. I have I know I said last time like we have to stick to like a uh, uh, format stuff I have no celebrity casting I have no alternate curse no. this
2: episode's perfect no this is yeah this is a fantastic episode
0: Right, like I tried to work myself into that, and I just wasn't feeling it.
1: The only thing I could come up with was Michael Ironside, but that's just exchanging one Cronenberg actor for another, and it's not going to add anything.
2: I would think that yeah. maybe Cronenberg as a faith healer, but then no, he's not, or he's not charismatic enough. No, no, no Cronenberg is Gary or Jerry, mm. Mm. I don't know? Because mm. I guess of y'all have watched Star Trek Discovery.
1: But the thing is, I for, I think it's also because I don't know this guy.
2: Okay, yeah. I
1: mean, I know. I mean, I know, yeah. him, but like. I know what to expect from Ironside. I know what to expect from Cronenberg. Yeah. They tend to play creeps. i would be waiting for the creep to come out. So I was yeah. not expecting it when Jerry turns. Yeah. The way he turns.
2: I would, yeah, expect, I would have got, I would was, expected something else. That hurt. But it, it made so much sense. I was like, of course, of course he would. Yeah, I didn't see it coming, but when it happened, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that tracks.
1: Yeah. 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 And the fact, I love that, he's, that Jerry's always at the same level about it. He never gets really emotional. No. But any of this—it's just like this—is just what I have to do.
0: No, he presents it like like it's just a cold realization. Yeah. Um, like if you've ever had a severely depressed friend try to lay out their situation, where they go, "See, it's logic." Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, also, also, I was thinking, like, can you imagine to be in this situation, to be dying of this disease, and then all of a sudden have this friend walk in and say, "Hey, there's actually a thing that can cure people." Yeah, he's but like, oh. it hurts people, and I need you to get it for Ugh. me. Yeah. Oh, you need me to get this thing that could also help me. Well, that seems like fate, yeah, to me. Yeah, this seems like something that the universe is telling me
2: I have to do. Well, he reminded me of a shark—just very flat, dark eyes, and always just moving forward. Just, and I, I love the subtext of his—I want to call it atheist versus faith—with him and Jack. There's that subtext there that I probably projected onto it of where Jack was a believer and he was a debunker. I just, I love that, but it didn't lean too far into it. This movie really was subtle, which shows how how the show could have been. But
1: then what would we be talking about the rest of the episode? Exactly. Nothing. No, Nothing. No. <laughs> yeah. No.
2: I like the show that we have, but this was a nice little break.
1: It really was. It really was. Great script. Mm. Way to go, Christine. Yeah. Cornish. So I was right looking didn't around, write but she hadn't
2: read anything else for this. I was, I was kind of, I guess he was allowed to bring his own people in.
1: She didn't remember. I don't know. What I don't whatever. It, it's a perfect storm.
2: Yeah. And the show refused to let Mick, Mickey, and Jack, or Mickey and Ryan really be in it. It was about the two other characters and it let them be this be their story.
1: Okay, so next time, kids, in 2021, we're gonna be watching The Baron's Bride featuring a cursed cape.
2: Mm, we just heard about a cursed cape.
1: Yeah, yeah, so we got a little yeah, a little flow through, and we're f- back to full camp. <laughs> Yay! All the camp that was missing in this episode is going to be compacted into the next one, because there's vampires, there's time travel, there's black and white sequences, there's really weird Mickey hair.
0: Black and white yeah. sequence. Yeah, <laughs> it's a
2: fun uh-huh. one.
1: Because time travel. <laughs> Yay! And all kinds of fun stuff So I believe that's it So everybody From everybody here At the Very Curious Curio Shop We are wishing you The most happy And safest of holidays Keep it cool Keep it safe And stay fabulous And we got one thing Left to say Before we go For the last time In 2020 kids
2: Damn damn you you Uncle Louis
1: As always to my fabulous fellow shopkeeps, trading in Maya Murphy. Yay! Cheers up! The show just hit its two-year anniversary, and we're still not through season one yet. That's how much fun we're having. We're gonna hold on to this show forever. It just goes on and on and on. Hey, did you like what you hear today? Are you a fan of Friday the Thirteenth, the series? Are you dying to hear people talk about it? You should consider becoming a patron then over at Patreon.com. What does that mean, Patrick? Well, that means that every month you pledge a certain amount to donate to the show. And that helps pay with overhead costs like like Squadcast, like my hosting company, Captivate FM, like all the art programs that I use to make the episode art for the webpage. It helps ease the burden of some of those costs. Podcasting may be free to listen to, but it's not free to create, nor is it cheap, nor is it easy. Now, I love doing the show. I have no problem doing shows for free, but... It can not put a big dent in the bank account. If it was not for my Patreon subscribers, I would still be stuck in the mode I was in you know, six, seven years ago when I had a shitty, wet WordPress page that never worked, that was constantly breaking down, that I always had to hire somebody to come in and tinker around with every time it screwed up. I would still be using the same crappy microphone. I would still have the same crappy editing Software, I would still have this I would still be using Skype and Zoom to record these remote interviews because my patrons have elevated the show and I am forever grateful to them. Thank you, all of my current super screamers. You all rock. And I know the rest of you out there rock too. So why don't you join the cool kids? Come sit at our table. Become a patron. And as a reward, you get to unlock all this premium content, all these exclusive shows that at best they're only gonna get a little taste of over here on the regular show. For instance, is Damian Uncle Lewis, which you just heard. Also, there is The Final Reel, where I go see all the big blockbusters in the theater. I try to get to see them on a sneak preview so I can get that review into you on Friday morning so you can plan your weekend on whether or not you still want to see that movie after you hear whether or not I liked it. Get it, got it, good. Because The Final Reel is every Scream Queens long to be, and when you become a patron, you're there, baby. You are there. And premiering in December. The first episode of... It came from the 70s, which is where I'm going to have a guest on once every couple months, and we're going to dig into those made-for-TV horror movies of the 70s, those ones that I cut my teeth on, those ones that are absolutely bonkers, that would never, ever, ever get made and put on TV today. If this sounds like fun to you, and how could it not, then become a Super Screamer, become a patron, head on over to www.patreon.com slash Scream Queens, and... Pick a subscription level that fits you. You can donate $2, $5, $10, whatever you want. It's all welcome, and you can unlock all the goodness just for that. So join us. We have a good time over there. So, speaking of it came from the 70s, we're going to be getting a little sneak preview of that next time. No, it's not an episode of the show because I haven't recorded any yet, but we're going to be talking about some made-for-TV horror. Hot, sexy, dimpled actor Dan Dominguez is coming back to the show, and we're going to talk about one of his favorite movies from this era, which is not from the 70s. It's from 1981, and I'm talking about This House Possessed, which starred Hardy Boy Parker Stevenson, and 70s TV legend Lisa Eilbacher, and a baby Amanda Wiss from Nightmare on Elm Street. How about that? That's going to be on the free show. So before even though even though I'm in Palm Springs, please feel free to reach out to the show. I'm going to be checking all the social media and things like that and posting when I can. And you can do that by coming and finding me on Facebook. I'm at Scream Queens where horror gets gay or www.facebook.com slash Scream I'm on Instagram as Scream Queens podcast. And like I said, become a patron if you feel like it. It's super cool. And if you're confused by all of these dot coms and links and URLs I just threw in your face in the past couple of minutes, don't you worry. Everything's right down there in the show notes. And hey, if this is your first time at the show, I hope you had a great time. Why don't you hit like or subscribe or follow whatever you need to do on that app that you're listening to the show on right now. And that way, you'll never miss an episode. Every time one's released, beep, you get a notification and I'm right there in your player. And of course, that is free. So, until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, when we'll be joined by Dan Dominguez and going into that house possessed, please continue to make the world a creepier place and never ever forget the Scream Queen's golden rule fight or flight, survive the night, make it to the final reel, wear a fucking mask, wash your fucking hands, keep your fucking distance, get the goddamn shot if you can, and never forget for one second that I love you. Kissy face. <laughs>